All right, welcome to the At Bat Baseball Podcast presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as go around the league. My name is Saul Rodriguez. I'm here with Miles Porter. How are we doing, Miles? Doing good. Doing good. Happy uh, Happy Tuesday. Yeah, happy Tuesday. And another baseball week and another crazy baseball week. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, but first, oh, yeah. we're going to go over Chicago baseball, see what the Cubs and White Sox did. We'll start with the Cubs. Now, a week from or last week at this point, the Cubs were starting a series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, they split that series. Uh, and we, we talked about it, and you said the Cubs are going to easily win that series. And I was like, yeah, I was pretty confident they'll, they'll be able to do that. Uh, but I, it being two games, I feel like it's, I, it's either it's really tough, especially when it's a way to like, you know, completely sweep. But yeah. they, they got it done. It is what it is. In the Pirates, I feel like, the, you know, the bad, bad teams are always going to be pesky. And, mm-hmm. you know, they with Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds, like those dudes, like, oh, my God. Like, it's, it's almost yeah. like the problem the Yankees have with the Orioles. They just they can never beat the Orioles. It's like yeah, the, exactly. those types of players, like it's almost like they're they're their skill is heightened at that level when they play those big teams. Then you also got, okay, so we got um, Seiya Suzuki being Seiya Suzuki. Uh, I mean, because they it's went into, Col- yeah, they went into Colorado. They, they split that series two and two, but the Cubs raked that whole series. Seiya Suzuki, uh, uh, Patrick Wisdom, Nick Marigal, like those guys went off. I mean, well, there really isn't much we can say about Seiya Suzuki. I saw this one like stat that said, because uh, uh, he extended his hitting streak to nine games, uh, tying Akinora, Akinori Iwamura for the longest by a Japanese-born player at the start of an MLB career, and tying Andy Pafko's record for a Cubs player at the start of his career, set in 1943. So, and, like, yeah, so it's... Wow. Oh, oh, there, yeah, so what can you say about Seiya right now, man? I mean, there's we could probably use so many words for this man because he's, he's just a straight beast right now. Yeah, uh, one thing that I really noticed with his at bats, he's very patient. Um, and they were talking about it during the broadcast. He's not, he's not chasing pitches. He's he's not he's not giving into pitches outside of the zone. Uh, each at bat, he's up there with a plan. So as a hitter, that takes you such a such a long way. He's not he's not eager to swing at something outside of the zone. Um, his pitch recognition is incredible. Uh, his two strike approach is 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 what is the best in baseball right now. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, just his poise at the plate. Um, he just, he just goes up to the plan. He's just really good, man. And you know he's confident. He's calm. He's he's happy to be here, which is which is great. I know it's not for him to come to Japan to to Chicago at this time of year and to perform the way he is with with this weather. It's just it's just amazing. And just you know, I, I there there are so many great things that I can say about this dude. So it's just. It's incredible. He, he's he's in complete control of himself as a player and his at bats, and he's very solid defensively as well. So it's just it's just been it's just been a pleasure. It's been a good. Yeah, it was funny. They talked about it in the game yesterday that with the wet with the whole weather thing, right? They that he went to um, some of the Cubs executives into their offices yesterday, and they were and because supposedly to, to convince um, Suzuki to come here, they had a the whole they put like a whole chart or they made like a basically like a chart or a table of Chicago weather because that's one of the questions he had right and like he's apparently he went to them and was like that's BS <laughs> the table the table you guys showed me is BS because <laughs> yeah because it's like dude this like who, who like literally nobody can prepare you for snow in April in Chicago like uh, like it's, rid- it's ridiculous man 
But yeah, he won the yeah. player of the week for the National League. I mean, he was raking and continues to do so, especially yesterday against the Rays. He had two hits. Uh, we had a, a Stroman uh, had a little bit of a struggle in Colorado. Now it's Colorado, so obviously, you know, you could take it with a grain of salt. Um, but he was he was doing well up until I think like the third or fourth inning. He gave up uh, three or four runs. He ended up giving up five in total. But yeah, it, it's what are you seeing with him? Is he is is it? Are you going to chalk it up to more uh, for that? It's Colorado, or is it something maybe he's still getting used to the the Cubs pinstripes, or or you know in general just you know early season? Yeah, I think you know it's it's early season. Uh, his first start, if you remember, you know it was at Wrigley. He went five innings and it was very solid. As soon as he came out, the Cubs gave up that game. Uh, I think a lot of it does have to do with Colorado. The ball obviously carries there much different than any other stadium. Um, and, it's, you know, this is still such a small sample size. I'm not worried about it. Um, and even still, when I look at that start, it wasn't a, it wasn't the, the worst start in the world. Um, you know, you just got to be careful leaving leaving pitches in the zone because, um, you know, these guys are going to send it over the wall. So, you know, small sample size, not, not worried about it because he did have a great first start. Um, and, you know, starts like that, you know, with his last start in Colorado, those starts happened. So not too worried about it. Yeah, and, and, and I do remember uh, one particular at bat the in against Colorado was against that rookie Alan. I think it was Alan Trejo. I believe he uh, he it was a three two pitch, and it was almost like you know Stroman was just like dude, like because that, that guy put up a great at bat, and at the at you know he was like you know what I'm gonna put something right on the middle. If you hit it, you hit it, and that's when he hit a three run shot. That's I think that's what made it five nothing. But yeah, no, it's 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 tough, and regardless. Of of it being early, yeah. I mean, when you play in Colorado, you always you're always um, uh, very susceptible to you know three, four, five run innings, and you could yeah. argue it wasn't even your fault. Um, yeah. So then, but the good thing was though that besides they they split the series, and I and I and I always say this when you go to Colorado, you don't know what to expect. And I always feel like no matter what Cubs team goes in there, whether it's 2016, 2017, the good Cubs teams back in the day, like. Yeah. A split, a split of a four game series, I think for me is a win, uh, especially when Absolutely. it looked like, yeah, especially when it looked like they could have easily won three. So it's like, you know, they, they definitely, uh, it's definitely a positive. Uh, we saw again, uh, uh, Patrick Wisdom and Nick Madrigal, they went off. I mean, they finally got into a groove of hitting and uh, Wisdom hit a two run shot yesterday against the Rays. So yeah. those are, those are the guys, I mean, and, and you, the Cubs entering Monday were the, best hitting team in the majors now that that's insane for a team that's not even expected to make the playoffs i think it's hilarious <laughs> yeah. uh, now again early in the sea early in the season the next team after after the cubs i think actually now they flip-flop to think now the cubs are second yesterday they struck out nine times against mcclanahan so uh so they i think i believe they're second but they um i believe the colorado rockies are after that so again it's early in the season so you can chalk it up to that um, but yeah, what do you, besides, I've heard a lot of things about the approach, about their taking pitches more. Um, and as you talked about, say a Suzuki, like I hear a lot of people say it's contagious, right? So with him, it's, it's, that's what it looks like. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, th I you know, when I'm just, when you're watching, when you're watching these Cubs hitters, if we're, if we're just going to talk about, you know, the the approach aspect is like the mentality. They're all just very confident. Also for a team that wasn't expected to do much, they're just playing baseball right now. That's really what their main focus is. 
expectations aren't high for them. So there's really not a lot of pressure on these on these players at all. Right now, they're just they're just playing ball. So that's resulting in them going into every at bat, not really feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders because there's, you know, we're not expecting this team to do a lot this year. Off to a beautiful start. They could surprise us. I'm not ruling that out. But this is just a team that's just that's just playing baseball. They they know that they're still building towards something bigger in the future. So right now it's just hey, go out there and compete. Uh, give one of these higher regarded teams a harder you know a, a hard time for whatever. Um, so it's just it, and honestly when, when I when I think about that kind of baseball, it's it, it, I think it's almost some of the best baseball you could play because you're just you're just going out there and playing. It's almost like when you're a kid uh, playing house league somewhere. Um, you're just you're just playing for fun. And, uh, you know, they're playing for fun. They're also competing. But uh, when you don't have cer- certain pressures on you as a, as, a, as a player and as a team, it makes it, makes it a little bit different. It makes, it makes playing uh, just much more fun. So I think these guys are just able to enjoy these moments a little bit more um, and just, you know, kind of just go out there and just show what they got because it's still almost a trial for some of these guys going forward. So that, that, that's what I'm seeing right now with this team, and it's just, it's just fun to watch. Yeah, it's like you're playing with house money, right? It's like those teams exactly. that – it's like those lower seed teams in the NCAA tournament that go in, and it's like you don't expect much, you know, but they go in there and, you know, they surprise a lot of people. So, yeah, and, and yeah. another, another you know, we got to give it up for another two guys, too, that are, you know, raking, which is Wilson Contreras and, and Ian Happ. I mean, he had a tough yeah. – he had a tough series in Colorado, but yeah. overall he's been hitting better, and – not not only that, but he's been hitting better from the right hand side, which you know yeah. is a big is a big deal for him. He worked. He said he did work a lot on it, you know, in the off season, mm-hmm. and he t- had a lot of simulated games against like Wade Miley and Drew Smiley and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah so it, it looks like it's paying off for him from the right hand side because there was a, there was a time where people were some people were just like, man, just hit from the left side, man. It's it's not yeah. you know it's not it, but. Uh, yeah. good on him. And then, uh, man, talk about Keegan Thompson. That dude is, oh my gosh, mowing down hitters right now. And uh, I remember when he came up as a rookie, he did go. I, I I don't recall how many innings exactly, but he went a certain amount of innings without giving up a run. And he's doing that to open up the 2022 season. Yep. And for a lot of like, you could argue for a lot of the innings he did last year or the year the, where his debut that he was pitching in low leverage situations. But this year, I mean, look at the, he's pitching against the Rays in a one run game and yeah. he, he was mowing down guys. What do you see with Keegan Thompson? And like, do you, what, what do you see as his role throughout the whole season? Do you think this is what he's going to do the whole season? Or do you think maybe the Cubs give him a chance late in the late, you know, eighth inning, seventh inning type of thing? Uh, you know, I just want him to stay on this role for sure. If you're, if you know, if, we see the weather yesterday. If you're, if you're popping, if you're, you know, if you're getting up to 96, 95 uh, in this crazy weather, uh, you know, that says so much about him as a, as, as a pitcher. I would hope that maybe he has a larger role, uh, you know, later down the line. I don't know. I think it just depends on what we're going to see from him, you know, come the all-star break, uh, come July, uh, and just go from there. But I, you know, I'm loving this dude's, I'm loving this dude's confidence. He's going up there and he's, you know, he's pitching with a purpose. Um, you know, I try not to think about that whole situation with him and him and Kutch because this, this is a pitcher who's just, he's just still trying to make a name for himself. He's not trying to, he's not trying to get involved in all that. So I'm really, you know, I'm really rooting for this guy. I can 100% see him in a larger role out of the bullpen, maybe getting that rotation spot in the five spot. I would love to see them experiment with that. 
Um, you know, I'm not sure what their philosophy is right now. I know they got Mark Ladder who they just brought up and they're keeping an eye on him. But uh, no, I'd love to see Keegan Thompson kind of have a bigger role out of the pen going forward. No, yeah, I d- definitely like his um, – I think once Wade Miley comes back, it'll be a little – the rotation will look a little better. Um, yeah, I know they, yeah, with, with Mark Leiter, he was, he was, it was a little rough on him on Saturday, but, yeah. and, uh, but yeah, why, why Wade Miley's supposed to be coming back soon. So that'll be nice. And I did, oh, I did also want to say, um, that Jake Arrieta did retire yesterday, he did retire, yeah. right? So, uh, as we're talking about the Cubs, uh, what would you say is your favorite Jake Arrieta moment? Oh gosh. I have so many. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even like put my finger on one. I. You know what? I really. I really think that entire 2016 season. Um, oh gosh, him and David Ross. That battery was incredible. I, I can't. I can't. I can't put my finger on one. But he. I guess one of my favorite things about my favorite Jake Arrieta memory was uh, him versus the Pirates in 2015 in the wild card game. Oh um, yeah, I just I just love how tough he was that game. I love how he got hit. He's looking at the pitcher going. For, it's just, <laughs> it's just it just shows the competitor that he was, and he was so fearless, especially when he was in his prime. Um, he was the man. He was he, he was one of, the, one of the key components for the Cubs winning the World Series that year. And just yeah, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna say 2015 wild card uh, Cubs Pirates and just that that entire start. It was one of my favorites. One of my favorite Jake Arrieta moments ever. I remember I remember uh always knowing about him when he was on the Orioles before he got to the Cubs. And then I love those little stories where the change of scenery uh, turned him into something different, turned him into a beast. Uh, so I just, I love that story. So, you know, that's, that's one of my fond memories of him for sure. Yeah. He had a wild career. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. He had a wild career and just seeing like his ups and downs and his highs were super high and his lows were super, were pretty low. But yeah. yeah, no, it's it, there's so many, so many moments, especially in the Cubs uniform that you can choose from. Uh, for me, it, it's funny because it's not even not even pitching for me. Uh, my favorite all time Cubs Cubs Jake Arrieta moment is that uh, 2016 home run off Mad Bum, like that, oh my that, gosh. Home, that home run in the National League Division Series, like yeah, yeah, that that. And when, again, we won't see that much anymore. Pitchers hitting besides like Shohei, but. Yeah. I mean, your pitcher who's already, you know, loves to have beef with the the, the other starting pitcher, the other guys, and he hits yeah. a, a homer off one of those dudes that just is <laughs> tough on the mound and mad bum, like yeah. dude, like that. No. I could have ran through a brick wall after that. I think probably. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna tip our cap to Jake Arrieta. Great career, Thank you, Jake. Yeah, twelve years, twelve years. So. Best of luck to Jake. All right, now looking ahead to the immediate uh, series for the Cubs. They faced the Rays for two more games. They played them last night in one four to two. What do you what do you expect from these next two games uh, against the Rays, and then the Pirates for four games at Wrigley? Uh, interesting, interesting. I I look at this I look at this Rays team, and I think I think this, so. They've actually had a tough time with Chicago. Um, you know, they, they just came off a series with the White Sox and they, they got here with the worst weather of April possible. If it's warm, then the wind is blowing 50 miles per hour and you're at, you, you know, you're at, you think it's going to go to shortstop and it blows all the way into fall territory. Um, you know, I think the Cubs just have the advantage right now just from the pure fact that they are 
so confident. They're so much more loose. Uh, the Rays are competing a little bit more intensely in their in their division. Um, you know, I think I think the Cubs are in control of the series. I would expect them to take one more at least. I'd be surprised actually if they don't take this series. Um, even though on paper the Rays are the better team, I just think the Cubs are a team that is you know they're they're really they're really in control of you know what they want to do and what they want to you know accomplish this year. The the Rays have a little bit more of a little bit more pressure, and you know on top of that, like I keep going back to the weather here is. It's April. It's April. So I think uh, the, the Cubs really have that going for them, uh, you know, next to a team that is coming from Florida and not only just Florida, they play in a dome. Um, I have a couple of buddies who have played for the Rays and they, they told me that the, it, it's, it's really difficult to be in that warmth, be inside and then go to somewhere like Chicago or New York or DC, or if you're going to Baltimore, it affects them. So I do think the Cubs are, in control of the series. I think they're going to take at least one more game. Um, I don't think they're going to sweep them, but uh, I'd be surprised if we don't win the series. And then uh, with the Pittsburgh four-game series, I'm sure, I mean, when you're at home, uh, definitely expect them to at least win three out of four. Um, (laughs) But, you know, as we were talking about, they're always pesky. So hopefully they can come out with a series win against the Rays and then another series win against the Pirates because that'd be huge. You're you're really, you know, setting yourself up for, you know, a winning record in April as they already have. Um, All right, so that'll do for the Cubs. We'll talk about the White Sox now. And last week they beat Seattle in a series. They had a great week. They beat Seattle in a series two games to one. Then they beat the the, the Rays, as we were talking about, two games to one. Mm-hmm. So they had a couple series wins. Now to start off the week last last week we were talking about uh, Frankie Montas and that possible deal to the White Sox ended up not happening. I've heard you know John Heyman said the ship has sailed, uh, but I will say this is that it looks like they made the right move because so the A's we talked about it. A's w- wanted Andrew Vaughn. White Sox were bullish. They didn't want to give him up, and. I said it from the beginning. I was very adamant. I said the White Sox should give up Andrew Vaughn. I don't see why not. They wouldn't. And I don't see like why why they wouldn't why they shouldn't because that Frankie Montes would push them over the edge when everyone's healthy. They would have a, a, like an even better pitching staff, and they already have a great pitching staff when healthy. Yeah. Uh, but Andrew Vaughn is definitely making me look bad because Andrew Vaughn is raking, and now it just looks like there's no, yeah, they're that now they look like geniuses not making that move because Andrew Ron is killing it right now. Uh, but, but yeah, so they, in that case, do you think as well, they made the right move or do you think that maybe it's, you think, it, I guess the real question is, do you think this is the, the real Andrew Vaughn or do you think that they should have just gone with that move or do you think they should wait until a better move now? I think wait till a better move. I think wait till a better move for sure. Um, I really, I, I, you know, I really, I really like Andrew Vaughn in general. Uh, you know, this dude's hitting 348 right now. He's definitely, you know, I think he's definitely turning some heads for sure. Um, but there is so much, uh, you know, I, you know, I would prefer him to keep, you know, keep hitting like this. Um, and maybe, you know, he has some sort of trade value come the trade deadline. So I still think the Sox need a little bit more pitching for sure. So, you know, for them, I was hoping Frankie Montez would come over. Um, so, you know, I think, I think let this age, let this age a little bit, you know, see what happens in maybe a month or two, deal him to get a, you know, a couple of good pitches for your, for your pen um, and go from there, go from there. I think there's definitely a better trade out there for them when I look at this. 
No, yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's probably like talking to a lot of White Sox fans. That's what they say. It's like you know, they they would like Frankie Montas, but not for Andrew Vaughn. And they might pull the trigger on Andrew Vaughn. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe I heard a lot of people say maybe if it was Manaya and him. Obviously, Manaya's with the Padres now, but before, yeah. if it was Manaya and Montas, like sure, take Andrew Vaughn. Like you know, those are you know two quality pitchers already. So yeah, it's it's definitely. I think the White Sox would be willing to move Andrew Vaughn for the right trade. Uh, oh. And Frankie Montes just isn't it. Uh, so Luis Robert, he was, you know, or he is hitting the ball well, uh, but the numbers aren't showing it. Um, and I will say this, that every, he, he is very aggressive at the plate and seeing him, you know, swing at the first, second pitch. And he crushes so many, like so many baseballs. He's to the morning track. Yeah. So even, yeah. even, even though he's, you know, not off to a hot start, um, he's stealing bases and he's looking good at the plate. Is he the, is he the player that for you, for example, people compare him, for example, they compare him to Mike Trout. Is he, do you think he's that type of player? And do you think that it's going to happen this year? Or do you think that he's uh, the type of uh, player that's going to lead off for you? He's going to be a catalyst steal basis, but he's not necessarily going to be the best player on the team. What do you think overall about Luis Robert? When I, when I look at him, I'm looking at him more of like a, like a lead off hitter, like a catalyst hitter, like you talked about. Um, he's more than capable of, of, playing like Mike Trout, he just doesn't have that approach. That's the only thing. Ability-wise, he's right there with Trout, um, but approach-wise and how he goes about, uh, you know, going about a certain at-bats, it's just different. It's just different, so the results are going to be different. He's much more of an aggressive aggressive swinger, like we talked about. When he sees it, he's just going to go get it. Um, but still, you know, I really I really like him as a hitter. He's hitting the ball hard. I'm watching his at-bats. He's hitting the ball hard. He's not striking out a lot. This dude has only struck out three times. He's hitting the ball hard. And, and that's one of the most frustrating things about baseball is that sometimes we're smoking the ball. Because for some reason, the right fielder, left fielder happen to be there every single time. You want to ask him, hey, can you move? Just let it drop like once for me, please. So I'm just, you know, uh, you know, I think he's much more, much more of a leadoff guy. I don't see him, you know, being like a middle of the order power kind of dude. He has that power. He can't do that. I just do not see him being that kind of player, at least not with this lineup that I'm looking at right now. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think he's definitely going to start turning it around. I think everything's going to start falling for him soon. He's, he's such a talented guy. So, you no, know, we're going to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, just looking at his baseball savant page, I mean, his exit velocity, max exit velocity in 92, like he's just reds everywhere. I mean, the guy barrels yeah. up everything. It's yeah. it, He's ridiculous. So, yeah, it's only a matter of time. And you're right, that's – I make you make a really good point that he has all the tools and he has yeah. all the power to be like mm -hmm. Mike Trout. But yes, yeah, the approach at the plate, and that's like what sets apart players like that. And he, he's still young, so you can argue, you know, it'll it'll come in, you know, with age. But that's that's what mm -hmm. separates players like that is is the approach because it, it's how you look from pitch to pitch, and it's kind of how they talk right. about like uh, Giancarlo Stanton of the mm -hmm. Yankees, where you know, like he'll look you know, goofy on one pitch and the next pitch, you'll crush it. Like right. it, it's just that difference of the approach of, you know, kind of like, you know, getting synced up with a pitcher with what he's going to throw. And then, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy mindset. Now the white Sox, they faced um, Matt Brash from the Mariners and they were, they were able, they were able to beat him, but he is nasty. And, Never like I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Going into that start, have not heard that much about Matt Brash, and his stuff is gross. Like he, I saw a stat. Um, he had 
15 pitches that were uh, over 85 miles an hour that were sliders, sliders that yeah. were over 85 miles an hour. And that's, he threw 15 of those. Uh, and the the rest of the MLB has 14. That was from Codify, <laughs> Codify Baseball on Twitter. Yeah, it's gross. It was like, because they were like the, uh, it was at least a home plate's worth of horizontal movement. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my, that's, that's, yeah, that's that even yeah. And, and, and the thing is too, is, is we were talking about Luis Robert and he crushed a homer off him nonchalantly hit a homer off his slider. Yeah, yeah. Like away. He hit that oppo. He just went with it. And that's, that's what we're talking about. Luis Robert, like he has all the skills, man. That's, yeah. like, that's the type of player he could be in. Matt Brashman, we could be talking about we could like we could be sitting here talking about a future ace for the Mariners, which is like what we talked about. I think for the season previous, Absolutely. I said, yeah, they said like the, their pitching they didn't have much. I mean, Robbie Ray, uh, you know, who actually got lit up by the White Sox, um, and it's like yeah. they 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 need more pitching, and Matt Brash may be the you know the key to it for the Mariners. So uh, also, he's young uh, too, twenty three exactly. years old. Oh yeah, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely he's a guy to look out for. And another guy to look out for in general is Dylan Cease. I mean, we, we talked Cease, about it, too. Yeah. yeah, we talked about it, too, at the beginning with our preview. Is And, and, and I, you know, I said it, too. I was like, in last week's episode, I was probably a little too harsh on Dylan Cease. But he is just, you watch him pitch, and it's just whiff after whiff after whiff. People, like, you know, they just can't. His breaking ball with two strikes is just you know, a batter's worst enemy and he was making the Rays look silly on Friday night. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just uh, like if you, for example, for you, you're going up against Dylan Cease. What's what's, what is your mindset when you sit, when you, if you were to be in the plate? Yeah. yeah. So for me as a hitter, as someone who doesn't, who doesn't like facing uh breaking pitches, specifically curveballs low and away. If I'm, if I'm facing him, you know, that's probably what he's going to be resorting to soon. So, as soon as I see a fastball, I'm going to try to jump on it. I'm going to try to barrel it up and hit it hard somewhere. But if, if he has me, Oh, two, I'm not scared, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of in much more protective mode. I would have a much more protective approach to him on the mound. Um, and really for me, that means kind of choking up on the, you know, on the knob a little bit, moving up in the box, moving a little bit closer to the plate. Um, that's the kind of, that's the kind of uh protective mode that he would, that he would put me into. There's, there's not a lot of pitchers who get me to that point. Um, but this is that this is one of those pitches where it's like, okay, you know what? I kind of gotta kind of gotta cut down my swing a little bit. He would definitely have me changing in my approach uh mid at bat if he gets me to a pitcher's count for sure. So yeah. No, yeah, I mean it's it's that yeah, he like I, I don't know many, you know, hitters, I don't know if many hitters would have an answer for that type of guy. I mean, it's like those type of guys, like right. it's crazy, right? It's like though yeah. I, I can only imagine you know, expecting fastball or expecting a breaking ball and getting the opposite with with, with the, that type of difference, right? Because one thing, yeah. a pitcher that, you know, throw, there is not that much difference in his pitches or not that much movement, but the movement is nasty on that guy. So um, yeah. another, another thing with the White Sox too is Liam Hendricks. Now, he's getting the save. He's, you know, he's getting the job done when it comes down to results, but it's a little shaky and he's getting guys on base and he's maybe giving up some runs. Uh, you think, is he... Do you think he's going to settle back in? Is he going to be Liam Hendricks? Or do you think maybe this might be an issue for the White Sox later on in the season? 
No, I, I think he's. I think Liam Hendricks is going to settle in. This is this is a very seasoned baseball player. This is someone who, who understands the game. He understands how to pitch to hitters. Um, you know, I think really just lately his stuff just hasn't hasn't been there yet. Um, but I, I'm not worried about Liam Hendricks. I'm really not. Um, he he's he is also so competitive. I I just don't I don't see this sticking around much longer. Maybe maybe he doesn't get his ERA down to the twos or the, or the ones, but you know, if you can get it to the low threes, you know, I think Sox fans should be pretty okay with that. Uh, you know, Liam Hendricks is going to be fine. He's going to be just fine. He's a competitor. He's a gamer. He's not going to, he's not going to settle for anything less of good for, you know, his results in the mound. So nothing to worry about with him. Just give him time to settle in a little bit. I just think this stuff hasn't been there. Like he usually is. Yeah. And it's one of those things where sometimes I, sometimes I'm thinking to myself, man, it, I'm like, man, if, if, my closer can just get the the save. Do I care how he gets it? And but that but but if you think about it, you're like sitting there as a fan with the bases loaded and two outs. It's probably not good for your blood pressure. So <laughs> so so it's like so so it's like yeah, you probably prefer and 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 they've had this problem before. They had Alex Colome who was doing the kind of the same things as yeah. uh, as Liam Hedricks was doing just this year again, just mm-hmm. two weeks in. But um, just yeah. for looking over it, and it's like you know. It, it's not fun to watch that type of stuff. I, I know, right. uh, not not last year, but the year before last year, because Ken, Kenley Jansen was nasty last year. But the year before last year, uh, I think it was twenty twenty or maybe even twenty nineteen. He just kept putting guys on too, and it's like, yeah, the, the Dodgers fan base was just just not having it. Every every he was getting the save, but it's 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 just that that threat of constantly. It's like anybody could go deep at that point. You get a couple guys on, it's like you never know what could happen. So you're you're putting right. your team in a tough position, but. Yeah, it's we like, saw with Craig Kimbrell last yeah, year as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I think I think you'll find his groove too. So yeah. they, uh, so they, yeah, so they ended up beating the Rays in that's in the series, beating the Mariners in the series. Now we'll look ahead. They were supposed to play the Guardians yesterday in Game One, rained out, and uh, they will play three more against the Guardians this week, and then three against Minnesota. Now Cleveland had a hot start, cooled down a little bit, but they always they have they always have the pitching, and they have some hot. Excuse me, some hot hitters with Jose Ramirez, and just like the whole lineup is hitting, Oscar Mercado and stuff like that. Those guys are are yep. hitting. Uh, what do you think the White Sox will see in this Guardians uh, series? They're they're facing Shane Bieber in Game One, and the White Sox have Dallas Keuchel. So that's that's it's an interesting pitching matchup. I think I actually think the Guardians might be giving them a hard time. This is a team that's very very uh, familiar with the White Sox. I don't think I don't think I'm I'm really looking at this lineup. I don't think the Guardians are gonna give the Sox an easy time at all. This isn't this isn't a team that isn't accustomed to playing the Sox, being in Chicago, um, being at guaranteed rate. Um <laughs> you know, Jose Ramirez, watch out. This, this this is this is a guy who, you know, he, he just signed a big deal, but he's still not he's still not settling at all. He he's trying to he's trying to get his team in it. He's he's competing. I know they're four or five, whatever. It's early. Uh you know, this this is a team that's gonna give the Sox a hard time. And you know, historically they they've Kind of, I've always given them a hard time. I wouldn't say as much over the past few years, and the Sox have been the better team. Um, but this is going to be a, this is going to be a good series. It's going to be a good series. Uh, you know, I I really I really I really like Oscar Mercado as well. Um, very very solid player. I know he's off to a little bit of a slow start, but you know, a series like these where you know players are going to start to blossom a little bit. So I think give him some time to this series and just kind of go from there. So. We'll see what happens. It's very interesting as I'm looking at these stats and I'm looking at the different at-bats that players are getting. This is a very deep, deep ball club. So it's going to be interesting to watch. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those teams that I think we talked about it too. Is they're gonna have, I think they should have a quick turnaround. I mean, they have a nice core of pitching, and of course, yeah. having Ramirez now, like you know, for long term, it shouldn't be that long until they come back. And and they so the White Sox also face the Minnesota Twins, Minnesota Twins, and it'll probably be without Byron Buxton, um, once again, uh, getting injured. Uh, and it's tough, you know, seeing guys like seeing guys like Degrom, seeing guys like Byron Buxton. Uh, even Mike Trout almost the other day, he got hit in the hand. He's day to day, fortunately, but it's like, it's very frustrating as a, as a baseball fan to see that type of stuff happen. Um, and it must be tough also from the, from the Minnesota twins perspective in the sense of, you know, you gave, you gave Byron Bucks and a lot of money and, you know, it, you know, it's just, it's looking like an injury bug might be coming back. Um, but yeah, I think the White Sox will definitely take that series again too. Um, everything is set up for them to continue being, uh, who they are and getting, you know, another, uh, you know, a very positive record after April. Um, all right. So that'll do it for Chicago baseball. Now we'll go to around the league and it, we got a lot to talk about here. A lot of stuff happened this week in baseball. Um, yeah, but we'll start off with, uh, Alec Bohm from the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, they were having a tough inning. I think he had, I think maybe he made like three consecutive errors if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he went up to the, you know, when they, I think they called time and they were, cause they were clapping. I think they, he made a play and they, you know, they gave him that, you know, the Bronx cheer. Uh, and oh, he yes. went up to the, yeah, he went up to the mound and, and he said, I know I often hate this place. So, yeah. so, so, uh, and you could read it cause obviously like you could see his lips clearly. He said it and yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was very interested to see the post game conference, seeing what his, you know, what he was going to say to the media and man, do I have to give props to this man because he not only is a young player, but he owned up to him saying that. And yeah, good job. yeah, it's like I, I honestly I didn't expect that. I was expecting him to be like you know I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I had you know you, you could you could you could have used any you you know any words that rhyme or something like that to PR. Maybe the PR team could give you some ideas. But yeah, it's it's a lot of respect, and especially when you you know when you're in Philly. I honestly thought like. Dude, like this could this be the the beginning of the end for Alec Baum in Philly? Because if, uh, he's, yeah. if he's if he's saying that type of stuff, and he's also not like he hasn't been playing well. He didn't play well last year, you know. So it's like with him saying that type of stuff, uh, and you know. But of course, the the day after he came to the plate and the fans gave him a standing ovation. What do you think about that whole situation? Man? So you know it 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 could be frustrating. It could be frustrating sometimes as a player. Uh, you're already mad enough that you didn't make a play. Um, and, and, and it does, it is, it doesn't feel good to hear the fans, um, you know, kind of give you a hard time about it. It's, it, it, is, it is frustrating. Um, but at the same time, you got to understand that, you know, every, every fan base, they have their expectations. Every fan base is going to hold their, hold their players accountable, no matter who they are. Um, so it's, you know, I, I props to the Phillies fans, big props to them for, handling that so well and giving him a standing ovation the next day, kind of being like, Hey, you know, we got on you, but we still got your back. Come on, let's move forward. As opposed to, you know, you do that in New York, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're, they're going to hurt your feelings. They're going to hurt your feelings, but not in the way where they're trying to be mean, but they're just like, Hey, if you can't handle it here, you're, you're in the wrong team, man. You're, you're in the wrong city. So I, I love the way that the Phillies fans handled that. I love the way how he handled it, how he came forward. And he was like, yeah, I, know, I was wrong. I was very frustrated in the moment. And, you know, the, 
those days happen. I know, I know it's been a frustrating year for him, but he's such a talented player. He's such a talent. He, and he's such a strong arm at third. I just, I just want to see this guy just, you know, continue to just progress. Uh, but, you know, these stretches of times, it, it is very frustrating as a ball player, but then to hear it from fans, hear it from your coach or whoever, it, do, it does get a little bit frustrating, but that's just all part of how we grow as players. That's just a part of the process itself. So, um, you know, props to both sides, props to Bohm, props to the fans. And, you know, I, these things happen. I hope they can just move forward and he continues to progress. But uh, this is going to happen. These things are going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's and that's, yeah, like, as you said, a lot of fan bases will give it to you. And it's like, yeah, if you, if you can't play here, then it's like, you know, you're not going to be able to play in a big team because a lot, all most of the big teams are going to have crazy, you know, fan bases and they're going to, they're going to tell you yeah. how they feel. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, yeah, props also to the fans. Yeah, because in Philly, did not expect that whatsoever. I thought they were going to eat them alive the next day. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, props to both, man. It's, 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 it's great to see. It's something I feel like you probably wouldn't see maybe like 10, even 20 years ago in Philadelphia. But right. maybe maybe those maybe those fans are learning, man. Maybe they're they're coming around. Yeah, maybe. Uh, now the next one, the next big one that people were talking about was Clayton Kershaw getting pulled. He was throwing hmm. a perfect game, and against the Minnesota Twins, he I think he had at the time he had maybe had like eleven Ks, maybe ten Ks. He was mowing down. It was as perfect as you can get to that point. But he was oh. pulled. I believe he already had eighty pitches, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the internet went crazy. Yeah. Talking about why are you pulling him this way, and, and yeah, it's it's a little it's a little tough, uh, because you know where Clayton Kershaw in his career, where he's at in his career, you he's a great pitcher, and, and I'm not saying he's not going to have another opportunity to throw a perfect game, but that could you know you could argue that maybe that's it, maybe that's the one time he had to throw a perfect game, you know, yeah. and he not he didn't get that opportunity to do it, and he came out obviously after the game saying you know you know backing his 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 manager because a lot of people were blaming you know dave roberts and roberts what are you doing there's a lot of negativity on, on dave roberts online but yeah it's like when he came out and you know he backed dave roberts it's like my, the way i saw it was you know obviously he's gonna say that what, what, what is he gonna say like you know i hate my manager for taking me out like <laughs> you know what i mean like he's not gonna say yeah. that. like obviously he's gonna back his manager because it's you know it's it's probably the better thing to do to not stir up the you know whatever how he actually feels I, I, he, we probably won't know how he feels until he retires you know what i mean so right, yeah it, it was it was a mixed bag of feelings on the in the internet what, what did you think man about that situation uh he, he definitely said all the right things i think from a fan standpoint i think we really are the most annoyed with that when we see it in terms of his preparation for the season, like he talked about saying that he really didn't have a lot of preparation. So, you know, he said, blaming the lockout, blaming on me not having three months to pitch. I think, I think there's an understandable answer. I think from a fan standpoint, we want to see him go all the way with that uh, because that is a perfect game. And that is very rare. This is much more rare than a no hitter. So, to be to see you taken out of that with, you know, throwing eighty pitches. I don't, you know, I I get I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is me watching that as a fan. It really sucks because we 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 know we know we're probably not going to see a lot of that going forward. Not with all the rule changes going on. Not with how baseballs are getting constantly changed. Not with you know how talented these hitters are getting. Uh, so, you know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I think rightfully so. Fans have a, have a right to be like, well, come on, man. You couldn't, you couldn't have just, 
you know, maybe get given giving us 30, 30 more pitches and even still, you don't have to strike nobody out. Just make, get them to hit the ball on the ground. Um, as a fan, it is frustrating. Uh, but then I look at it from a player's perspective. It, it, it is very early. It is very early. And in Minnesota, it is very cold. We don't know what happens going towards and for the rest of that game. So hopefully, you know, hopefully if if he is in this in this position again, it's very unlikely. Finish that game, man. Just come on. Just do it. Do it for the team. Do it for the fan base. Do it for baseball. That would have been a beautiful moment had he gotten a perfect game. And, you know, everything baseball has gotten off to a very, very entertaining start this year. It's not like there's been nothing going on really with baseball. No, it's there's a, there's a lot of things to talk about. I think that would have been kind of the icing on the cake for the beginning. Um, So, you know, it's I'm, I'm kind of like, ah, I'm in the middle about it. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely yeah, it's definitely really tough because to look at it from a player's perspective. Yeah, and so he did say that right. He said, you know, blame it on the short, blame it on the players and the, and the or blame it on the owners and the players for not you know getting a deal yeah. sooner. You know, um, which makes sense. I mean, that that that, that does make sense. It's like you know, yeah. what, what you know, there's a lot of reasons of why or of why uh, some injuries are happening. A lot of players didn't have access to the training staff. They didn't have train you know access to the fields. You know, the team's field. They'd be on their own. So yeah, it's tough in that way so uh another thing too was the padres and giants uh so mauricio dubon i believe it was he bunted when the giants were up by a lot uh i think yeah. maybe it was like 11-1 or 9 7 9 one or something like that and uh bob melvin didn't like that whatsoever uh old school guy you know we're talking about unwritten rules here and not bunting when your team's up by a lot uh and there's a lot of talk about that and what stood out was Gabe Kapler uh, was disregarding the unwritten rules, saying, you know, you know, we're not, you know, we're playing a game here, we're trying to win. Uh, that it's more about, you know, just trying to get on base. This was, this is like to set up the next game to see what, you know, it, it's all about strategy. So, um, you as a player, uh, how do you see that, and uh, what do you think about that situation? So I have no problem with that at all, honestly, and. Maybe that shows, you know, kind of shows my age as a player. I'm a, I am a part of that that newer generation of ball players. Um, honestly, we 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 can't we can't keep thinking like this. It, this isn't this isn't like a, hey, don't do that. You're already beating us. You know, we you know we are we are professional ball players. We got to go out there. We got to compete every single inning. This isn't uh this isn't like football. This isn't like basketball. This isn't time. It's just it's just not. You can easily you can easily drop a twelve spot the next inning. You can easily drop five runs one inning. And you keep on slowly starting to build. A few years ago, I was at a Cubs game when they were losing nine to one, and they ended up coming back against the Braves. It was the coldest game of my life that I've ever been to. But they didn't give up. You know, I don't I don't like this mentality of, hey, you're already beating you're already beating us. Take it easy. No, stop. Keep playing ball. Knock it <laughs> off. I, that 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 entire way of thinking, and I think, and I think a, a lot of people feel this way as well. It's just like, dude, just keep playing, man. Like, keep doing what you got to do to score runs. Keep doing what you got to do to get outs. Um, if if you don't like that, you know, don't give up that many runs. Don't don't you know stop stop giving up all these base hits and walks uh, to to the to the hitters and getting more base runners. We, we can't we can't do that. Um, another example. It was like two, three years ago when I was playing Oakton and Coach Frado. If you ever see this, and I know you don't want to hear it, but I'm, I'm going to tell this story where it was a it was a fall game, and we we lost twenty eight to three. Um, 
And that is that is that is a whooping. <laughs> but what this team did, they just kept on hitting. They kept on swinging. They kept on you know taking their pitches. They're advancing around the bases. They they're stretching singles into doubles. They're they're taking advantage of our mistakes, which is how you're supposed to play. You're supposed to play hard every single time. Don't ever tell me or my teammates to let off a little bit because that's not how we're supposed to play. There's already issues in baseball in general with players not hustling or kind of just, you know, disregarding little things here and there of the little pieces of the game is as an issue. That's a problem. So, you know, if if I see that you're not going to get it out in a certain way as a player, I'm going to take advantage of that. I just am. And if it hurts your feelings, get me out. That's (laughs) it. Find ways to get me out, find ways to get my teammates out. But it's it's every, every mistake that you make, we're going to try to take advantage of it got to get over this mentality it's 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 just i know it's old school and, and i'm such a and i and i and i love you know i love the history of this game but some of these unwritten rules need to be written off they need they need <laughs> to go away because we, we can't keep thinking like this it's, it's, it's just a very gentle mentality no play hard every single game play hard every single inning and you never know what's going to happen don't complain about it just keep playing yeah and i think no you make very you make a lot of good points and yeah it's it I think another thing too is when stuff like this happens, you know, Mauricio Dubon is a young player. And I feel like when, when these uh, unwritten rules or old school versus new school, you know, this whole argument happens, especially on the field. Like, I, I feel like it could almost uh, hinder the next generation of, 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 yeah. of players because they'll they'll be hesitant to do certain things no matter what the score is because they'll be like yeah. wait a second am i doing the right thing here should i bunt even though it's for, like even even if their team is down like so many things could be going on in their head it's going to discourage them you know from doing something yeah. you know exciting or you know like imagine Javi Baez like a player like Javi Baez or Francisco Lindor uh you know, being discouraged like that you know early on in their career they might not be the player they are now so it, right. it's it's it, it can lead to a lot of things, a lot of negative things, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something I, I we're seeing less and less of the unwritten rules. Um, so hopefully, you know, they are fading a little more, a little more, but I think it think for as long as we're alive, it'll be still somewhere in the topic of conversation. when we're talking about that, yeah. about baseball in general. Uh, some other things uh, we'll go through. Uh, Mackenzie Gore made his debut for the Padres, which is really cool. I mean, he's one of their, He's one their top prospect, but he's one of their young arms that uh, will definitely be um, excited to watch in the future. Um, another thing is uh, Hunter Green was nasty again, and he pitched at the Dodgers, um, and he looked awesome. And he actually, I saw a stat, um, my, or my buddy Lupe Rocha sent me a stat. He broke the record for most 100 miles per hour pitches in a game with 39. So this dude's making history. You know, in, in his first two starts, he pitched against the Braves, pitched against pitched against the Dodgers, and in this in this last start against the Dodgers, he uh, was hadn't given up runs until like the fifth or sixth inning. Then he gave up a two run bomb to Trey Turner. Uh, but I mean, it's the it's the Dodgers. I mean, if you give up two runs, that's that's a win, especially for a guy like you know a young guy like him at Dodger Stadium. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, another thing too that I wanted to talk to you about was the Corey Seager intentionally walked with the bases loaded now uh now we know joe madden obviously um oh, um, joe. 20, 2016 world series champion with the cubs um 
but yeah, what what that situation, uh, it was weird. Um, just give me your thoughts. Look, are we? We can't be too surprised that Joe Madden was the one that that made this move. <laughs> um, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Um, but Joe Madden, he's always kind of seen the game a little bit differently than uh, a lot of other people have. He 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 breaks it down a little bit differently. He he he, he has these scenarios that are going to happen before they actually happen. So the move that he makes in that moment is going to be kind of weird or kind of questionable for some guys. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would have walked him in that situation uh, because I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that move worked out for them, right? I think they went on to give up at least another two runs or something. Or... Yeah, they, so they gave up a run, I believe, like kind of sack fly, and then they balked. Um, yeah, yeah. And the thing was, yeah, I've heard other conversations about this, and uh, this may have not have been talked about that much because they won the game, right? Um, so I think maybe if they would have lost, it would have been a little different. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I mean, I yeah, I agree. It's just I, I wouldn't do that either. I mean, also it's the only other play. The only I thought it was it's one of those things where it's it was cool that the only player that that ever happened to was Barry Bonds, and right. I'm sorry, but. He's a great player, but Corey Seager is not Barry Bonds. <laughs> so it's so so it's it's you're putting you know Corey Seager on this like this this pedestal type of thing kind of in that play because again only twice has ever happened and you know it happened now again so um yeah it's 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 very weird and the thing is too is is that it's not something I would do in the regular season I don't know it'd be it'd be one thing if like maybe you know you're facing Otani in the playoffs and, you know, they have, you know, a very great matchup, you know, with the next batter, like this and that, like, and you don't want, and, and you know, it's, it's a big game and maybe you're, you're rather off giving up one run than four runs. It's one thing. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong on that, yeah. but during the regular season, it just doesn't make any sense to me in the Texas, in the tech, in the Rangers angels game. That <laughs> means probably nothing to both teams. Most likely right. Um, right. as much as I hope, as, as much as I hope trout and Otani make the playoffs this year, but, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a di- very weird, but it's very Joe Madden, and uh, I don't think Joe Madden, uh, us knowing him well, I don't think he's ever gonna change how he plays the game for sure. Um, right. yeah. uh, speak, speaking, speaking, uh, I love Joe. You, you, yeah. you good man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it, w- w- every time you know you get in a conversation about Joe Madden, it's always. You know, oh, Chapman, this or you know what? You know, oh, he got lucky. He won the World Series because the the Cubs won the World Series because you know if he would have lost that World Series, you know it would have been you know it would have been tough. You know it would have been you know yeah, it's could have gone anyway. Um, he walked Bryce Harper like I don't know how many times. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty fifteen, twenty. Yeah, I forgot which year it was. It was. I believe. I believe I believe it was MVP year or one, or one of his other MVP years, right? So I think it was like twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, and yes. the, the the he was he was destroying the baseball, and I believe they walked him. I think four. <laughs> yeah, and I think in in a series, I believe they walked him like more than five times in a whole series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's yeah. And, and and I will say in that case it worked. You know that that won't work because we beat them in that series. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 yeah it's it's definitely. There's a lot of opinions on that for sure. Uh, yeah, um, 
another thing I was going to talk about too is uh, the Yankees struggling overall, and uh, just because uh, talking about them in this in the preview that we did, I mean, I, I ex- fully expected them to you know to make the postseason, and I think I, th- I still think they will, but it, I did talk about their strength being their pitching, and it, it their pitching is doing well, but it's their hitting, and, and I never really understand it for the life of me why uh, a lineup like that lineup that stacked just sometimes get into these groups and they remind me a little bit of the Cubs and you know with Chris Bryant Rizzo Baez like those types those types of lineups that's hit or miss um what are you seeing from them and do you think they'll I mean I believe they'll settle in um so but what what are you seeing from them so far so when I I think one of my one of my problems with the Yankees you know each year I'm always going to choose them to compete um, but I, I feel like there's, there's some sort of underachieving that's been happening with this team over, over the years offensively. Um, and, and they, I, I still think they're, they're kind of struggling in a sense of they, they have so many like world-class hitters in a lineup. There, there, there isn't, there isn't a, um, a, a balance of approach and it's just, it's just, it's very, um, it's very clunky. It's very, it's very clunky. Um, Josh Donaldson, um, I actually really like Josh Donaldson as a hitter. I just, I'm not, I'm not sure how well he truly fits this lineup. I still look at the Yankees and I still believe that, you know, they could have gone a different route with this. I don't think Josh Donaldson was the answer. Um, I, I love, I love what Rizzo's been doing. Um, Aaron Judge is still Aaron Judge. Um but as, as, as entertaining as it is to watch John Carlstein crush a ball 470 feet, there is still an issue with his approach. And that issue that he has, there, it, it is kind of spread out a little bit through the other hitters as well. Um, and I, I, just, I just don't think that there's a cohesive approach right now at the plate. Uh, Torres, I think he was moved to shortstop again the other day. I think he made an error. Um, Defensively, I still think that this team could be much better. Uh, a huge improvement for Rizzo at first over Voight. He just is. Anthony Rizzo's an incredible first baseman. He's one of the best in baseball. In my opinion, he's top three, maybe top two if we're talking about just defensively. So just the the, the approach that they have right now offensively, I just don't like it. Um, Pitching-wise, there's, there's obviously room for improvement. I still think they're still trying to find their identity a little bit or trying to find their groove, trying to get in the rhythm. I don't know. On paper each year, this team is supposed to be incredible. But each year, I'm seeing a lot of underachieving going on. So I, I'm i hoping in the next few years, the Yankees truly change their philosophy and how they approach pretty much everything. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I think they – and after this year, they might not have Aaron Judge. So that might change the whole you know roster, might affect the whole roster, might affect the lineup. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really fascinating to see where they go, what route they take, and if they you know try to do like what the Cubs did. And the Cubs is with the retooling is I think they you know went the route of improving their approach to plate when you got a guy like say a Suzuki. And I mean you look at even guys you look at the difference with guys like for example just Nico Horner, uh, Nick Madrigal, those types of hitters when they're up there they have a plan and 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 it's yeah. not it, and it's not. To say that you know those guys that hack, I mean, Javi Baez had a, has had a successful career, so you know, you, mm-hmm. there's, but not everyone can do that. So it's it's that's the thing. It's I think a more patient approach, a more 
thought out approach is probably going to lead you to a more successful approach. So that's, I think that's the name of the game. So, uh, and I think I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave uh, everyone with this one stat that I, I thought was pretty interesting was, uh, by Jeremy Frank on Twitter, he tweeted out there were just 15 home runs hit across uh, the 14 MLB games on Sunday. That's the fewest of any day with at least 14 games since September of 2014, and the fewest in an April day with at least that many games since April 28th, 1993. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was. That, that, I mean, talk about hey. a talk about a unique day on Sunday. Like that's and, and and that's what I love about that's what I love about baseball. I mean, just the fact that like these these things happen, and one they may never happen again, or two they haven't happened in a century. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So it's definitely Jeremy Frank is a good follow, and um, yeah. I mean, any other notes, uh, Miles, that you have for this week? You know, not 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 too many, not too many. I look forward to seeing, you know, kind of kind of touching on what we've been talking about. I look forward to seeing how the Yankees team is going to progress because this division is so tight that th- th- I don't think the Yankees have much room to kind of go back to what they were doing last year in terms of struggling and you know doing all the finger pointing. There's not much finger pointing that you can keep doing instead of looking in the mirror and being like, "Hey, what we're doing is just." It's just not working. They they've always had this philosophy of giving giving healthy contracts to to older players who they think that they can uh, kind of revive because they're in Yankee Stadium and mm. this guy's gonna put a bunch over the wall. And I just I don't think that approach has worked a lot for them. The Blue Jays are absolutely dominating right now, and they're not gonna slow down. This is why I really in the beginning I was just like I don't know. It could be anyone's division. Um, but if, as soon as the Yankees start slipping or the Red Sox start to slip, one of these teams are going to start to run, a, run away with it. And I think I don't think the Blue Jays are going anywhere. I just don't. So at the end of this year, I'm going to be I'm going to be curious to hear what their you know final season review is. Um, but when it comes to the New York media, I really I really hope there's not a lot of finger pointing because respectfully, that's what happens a lot in New York. There's a lot of finger pointing with that media. Um, but in many ways, the players are, have done a good job of, you know, owning up and saying, okay, we didn't do this right. I could have done this better. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this Yankees team. I just, you know, when is it, when, when, when are we going to keep doing this? Like, when are we going to stop? When are we just going to kind of break this down a little bit and go a new direction? Like you said, like how the Cubs have done. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think, too, with uh, with the Blue Jays, and we, yeah, we, we haven't talked much about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because that guy is, I mean, whew. And I think, believe you, you picked them for your MVP, right? I think you picked for your MVP this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's looking really good on that. And I mean, he's destroying the baseball. Hit three home yeah. runs the other day. Uh, yeah. I believe two, two off Garrett Cole. So that was, whew. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. that guy's on a whole nother level. He's from a whole nother planet. Uh, but yeah, that will just about do it for this week's episode of At Bat Baseball Podcast, presented by War Media. Uh, I am Saul Rodriguez. It's been Miles Porter. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.